Hey, Courtney. Hey, Sasha. What's that old lady doing over there? Is she okay? She's just kind of like laying down, face down oh. on the ground. Oh, honey. That's 69 with a ghost. What? It's Spoop Hour! <laughs> our 69th episode y'all nice and instead of celebrating our 50th or 100th episodes we were like we gotta do something and we were talking about how this was a couple weeks ago i was like oh we're four away from our 69th official episode and sasha goes we should do nice ghosts because 69 nice nice this week one of my coworkers was putting together like a, a slide deck powerpoint and she had to pull a quote from page 69 of a novel nice she took a photo of it and sent it to me and just with the word nice and then the next text, text message was you've ruined me <laughs> <laughs> disagree you've made her better <laughs> she she only knows what the number 69 is because of me and that it's nice true story i was i was very naive child for a very long time <laughs> and in the 10th grade for my birthday I got Alanis Morissette's Jagged Little Pill an album which at that point had been out for like 14 years but, but also a very good album. but a great album yeah and it was I, no regrets yeah. loved it but there's a song where she's talking about going on a date with a guy and she's describing that he wanted to wine dine 69 her <laughs> And young, naive Courtney, instead of looking it up on the internet, because this was a time before that was your knee-jerk reaction, was, I don't know what that is. I'm going to look it up on the internet. I was like, oh, he must be old-fashioned, and he wants to treat her like it's 1969 and disregard, like, women's liberation and feminism, and he just wants to, like, baby her with the whining and dining like it's 1969. I had a justification for it. It made sense. It, yeah, I was going to say, you had a justification for yeah. it. Yeah, and like you could see an older guy like yeah. wanting to be like, oh, m'lady, let me get the door for you. Oh, let me put my coat down so your shoes don't get wet. Like, yeah, I'm And you could see that being a bad thing. So I'm trying to think about like, who taught me what that was. And I feel like I've just received it through osmosis of being a teenager. I found out later <laughs> because of... When I was counting down till Oh No by OK Go, oh, yeah. the album, I I started the countdown at like 101 days or something. And when <laughs> I got of to, course you did. Of course I did. When I got to 69, I posted about it on my live journal. And one of my live journal friends from high school, you remember Holly? Oh, I remember Holly. So, of course, Holly uh, commented, nice, 69. And I was like, I don't get it. And then she she explained. So that was... That, that's gotta be, like, I must have learned it from marching band. Yeah. Because Holly was in I was gonna say, it was probably Holly. <laughs> <laughs> so, shout out to Holly for teaching us what 69 is. Nice. Nice. Damn it. That's like a knee-jerk reaction. I know. Every time I see 69, I'm like, nice. I had to stop myself from doing it at work the other day. Because I was counting something, and I was like, we have 69. Nice. 
And then I was like, Courtney, no, you're at work. I'm a teacher. Like, I have to <laughs> keep that to myself. That's why my friend texted me and only just me. <laughs> she was like, I can't do anything about this in class. And I was like, that's fair. At least quietly, I'm... there must be like 11th grade IB students who are just whispering nice. Under oh, yeah, breath. for sure. That text chain is all just nice, 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 nice. nice, nice, nice. nice. At least I work with other adults. Also, I have a finalized workstation now. Yay! I have a sneaky Spoop Hour sticker because I don't want to put it on display because I don't want to explain what Spoop Hour is. Like, a couple of people I work with know what it is. Mm-hmm. They're un- Like, I, don't, I, I didn't give them the name, so hopefully they're not listening. If they are, sorry, I'm trash. But I don't think they are. But I do, I was like, I gotta represent. So I have a little chupacabra and a little, like, desert biome that used mm-hmm. to hold an air plant that I killed. And so the chupacabra pin that you got mm-hmm. me now lives in the desert Yay. biome because that's where yeah. he would be happiest. Right. And then I put the spoop hour sticker behind Yay. that just so that I have a little spoop corner. And then the yeah. jackalope's on the other side of the desk. I wear my spoop hour shirt to yoga. Yeah. And like I've worn it in meetings before where like I had yoga right after. Yeah. And I like got dressed in the bathroom before the meeting. Fair. So people are like, oh, what's spoop hour? And I'm like, oh, that's the podcast I told you guys about that I do. And they're like, oh, okay, cool. And, like, <laughs> the end. The end. Like I don't think anyone's looked it up, but. Uh, I was thinking about 69, and you said pins. This past fall, when uh, our third roommate and my boyfriend and I went to Small Press Expo in Bethesda, and one of our roommate's favorite artists of, like, all time, like, she's been following her work for, like, at least, like, 14 years at this point, (laughs) Um, like, on first on, like, DeviantArt and, like, LiveJournal and stuff. But she was selling these pins. It just says N-I-69, and then the 69 are drawn to look like a C and an E. I'll find so, a picture of it and post it off, on our Instagram and we'll tag the yeah. artist so you can go buy one um, of these pins. Look up um, Yuko. Yuko? Yeah, why well, you can. I'll find it. Yeah. yeah, we'll find it, but we'll post it on the Instagram yeah. and link to it so you can um, buy a nice it's pin. It's just, it's so funny. But yeah, all three of us got it. And so at once in a, every once in a while, one of us will, like, we'll be going to like a social event or something and at least one of us will be wearing it. <laughs> But it's just funny because, like, I don't remember who we were with, but, like, I think it was two people total have looked at it and been like, is that a swear? <laughs> or, like, is that a bad word? Oh, there it is. That's one. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah, that person does yeah, have an kink, extra finger. Kink, kink same. same has an extra finger. Oh, and God. It's, she's like, there's a small error. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> but anyway, we'll post this yeah. on the Instagram and we can direct you over yeah. to... Y- Yuka Oda's... Yeah, shop. It's so she's so funny. It's oh my god, amazing. She's like a sweet. She's like a sweet person too. Just like this, like nice, unassuming, Aww. amazing artist, and she's selling nice pins and kink same, kink same. And I, I just, I love her. Respect. Um, I respect her so much. You should. Yeah. Did anything spooky happen to you this week? Besides, you finally got a workstation that I works. I finally got a workstation that works, and. It's great. It's isolated. Nobody can bother me. I'm just kidding. People can bother me. It's fine. But Um, at least you're not in a Ron Swanson situation. I'm no longer in my Ron Swanson desk, which I hated. I can sit as unladylike as possible on my ball. (laughs) Yes. Indirectly, I've had a lot of scary dreams this week. Mm, Me too. Like, like, obviously my baseline level is nightmares but these are like have been like particularly scary oh ones with like some body horror and a bunch of yikes like, okay big yikes so yeah. that's probably the scariest thing that happened to me this week but there was a tumblr post that i came across that i just pulled up so mm. i can credit it mm. properly so we'll just pretend this happened to me it didn't it happened to apple a la mode on tumblr and the text post is just got a call from my own number and when i answered it a robotic female voice said goodbye and hung up so <laughs> i might die soon <laughs> oh god 
I don't know if anything spooky happened to me this week. I woke up at like 3.53 this morning <laughs> and the room was really dark and I needed to go to the bathroom and this time I wasn't scared to get out of bed. Well, that's good. But I definitely was like, we just did an episode about this. There's nothing to be afraid of. Just go pee. <laughs> I did get very spooked last night. I don't know why. Like, I've been watching Psych, which mm-hmm. is, yes, a murder show, but a very silly one. Yeah, it's a silly one. With the exception show. of the zombie episode, which I will not watch no. again. And it's okay. That's fine. I watched it the one time. It was traumatic. I don't have to do it again if I don't want to. So it's not like I've been, like, consuming particularly mm-hmm. scary media, but for some reason last night I was home alone when I was getting ready for bed. Mm-hmm. And our third roommate ended up coming back in after I went to bed officially, so I wasn't, like, alone overnight. Mm -hmm. But all of a sudden, I just had this, like, yeah, better run up the stairs and close Mm -hmm. the door really fast behind me feeling. I think... Which was just weird. There was a moment like that a few weeks ago where I was the only one in here. Yeah. And I was not... Not as nervous as I could have been. Yeah. But definitely, like, turning all the lights on. Yeah. And then turning all the lights off and sprinting up the stairs, even though I knew that nothing would hurt me. And even a couple weeks ago, I took a nap here Mm -hmm. by myself, and I was like, nothing's going to get me. I'm I'm okay. Nothing's going to get me. I'm just going to take a nap here. Oh, God, there's no door to the basement. (laughs) Just as an open doorway. (laughs) So, yeah. Yeah. For me, I think it was because... I got to the top of the stairs, mm-hmm. and usually I go into my room, turn the light on in my room, and then double back and turn yeah. off the stair yeah. light. But last night, I had this kind of spooked feeling, but I was like, whatever, it's not a big deal. I turned off the light as soon as I got to the top of the stairs. Oh, no. So then I had, like, three steps in darkness, and then I turned around to close my door and just, oh. like, looked down dark stairs, yeah. and that was not that fun. That was uncomfortable. That was not fun. Um, and all I kept thinking about was that guy who had been living in that girl's closet. Oh, no. And I was like, he's in my attic. That was a disturbing story. Yeah, that's that's literally what I'm afraid of with yeah, our attic. I know. But, but it, if you didn't see it, it was in, I want to say Michigan? No, I feel like... Hold on, I'm it, just going to... Michigan, but yeah, no, it was, I feel like it was somewhere else, but this girl kept hearing noises and she thought maybe there was like a raccoon or something in her closet. Yeah. And she said hello and the guy responded back to her. He, she was like, and is he was someone wearing, here? And he was like, yes, yes it's me. me. And oh, he was, was wearing Carolina. her clothes. North yeah. Carolina. That's why. Yeah. yeah. He was wearing her clothes. It was Nightmares. Very Nightmares forever. It was in Greensboro, North Carolina. She was a UNC at Greensboro student. Yeah. And she's she was like, I've been having pieces of clothing missing, like shirts and pants. And she said the items were disappearing and handprints were left behind on the bathroom wall. And what sucks is this was not the first time that her house was burnt. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. So yeah. she and her roommate found a new place. Yeah, but, like, what's crazy is, you know, she walks in, and, like, she's like, is anybody there? And he goes, me. And then he's like, oh, my name's Drew, and he's acting like it was totally normally. And this girl was Took cool. a photo. Yeah, one, took a photo. She was cool as a fucking cucumber. Like, she, she called the cops, and she got her boyfriend to come over. So... But she was, like, she kept it cool and was just talking to him like everything's normal. Like, mm-hmm. it's fine that you're here. And he... Apparently, this is the first I've seen of this account. He tries on my hat. He goes in the bathroom and looks in the mirror and then is like, you're really pretty. Can I give you a hug? But he never touched me. And I'm just like, ugh. Mm-mm. Nightmares. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Anyway, we have a snack today. It's dark chocolate Oreos and a cookie spread. Yeah, that um, was the nice coincidence where earlier today I was thinking, I really want to eat a cookie. Good news. I have two kinds of cookies yeah, she has for two us. kinds of cookies, so, so that's good. <laughs> nice. So you're making my life. So today we are going to be talking about nice ghosts. 
So this is both going to be a combination of just, like, generally silly ghosts, uh-huh. yeah? Uh-huh. And ghosts that are just genuinely, like, benevolent, good, kind spirits uh-huh. who want nothing but good in the world. But before we get to that, would you like to hear a spooky story? I would. Or would you like to read a spooky story? Mm. I'd like to read a spooky story. All right, so our story this week is from our pod friend, Augie. Yay! Yay! Thank you for sharing another story with us, Augie. We love hearing from you. Please tell us Please everything tell us that tell us every happens. story. <laughs> because this, if you remember, y'all, Augie also shared with us her dream about a doll that her husband ended up finding in like an antique shop. And mm. also one time... <laughs> I that. That was, a bad, that, was a, that was a rough one. And then the time she was in the shower and she heard somebody giggle and there was nobody else around. Yeah. So, yeah. Augie tell has, us everything. Augie has the best and worst stories. I know, we love them, but also, also we hate them. <laughs> it's yeah. a real bummer. But Augie is like seriously one of the best people. She's so, so sweet. Yeah. Check out her podcast. It's uh, the short stories of Augie Peterson, mm-hmm. where she reviews movies that she watches that are either terrible or just spooky. And she reads her stories and she's just incredible. We love her. Go check her out. Yeah. My husband used to work at a first ship job. He would leave for at 4 a.m. About an hour after he left one morning, I was startled awake by the sound of water filling up my bathtub. Uh Uh-oh. I was the only one home. My rat and hamster both lived in cages, and my cat does not have thumbs. (laughs) Thank God. Am I right, ladies? (laughs) I also think that it's important to note that I have knobs for our shower. It's not like we have handles that could have easily been knocked. Oh. Yeah. Yep. We've never had problems with the shower or bathtub faucet either. Our plumbing is solid. Also, my husband takes his showers at night, so there's no way it could have been him. Oh, God. I just remembered something spooky did happen to me this week, but you can continue, continue. this story. Yeah, hold, hold on to that. <laughs> this water was fl- flowing at full blast, not Whoa. like a slight drip or trickle. It was completely on. No! So, Augie, being the smart person she is... She burned the house down after taking the animals out with her. She grabbed a golf club. Yes, queen! <laughs> she, she didn't go without protection. Yes, queen! Okay, I grabbed a golf club and then walked down the narrow hallway to the bathroom, assuming someone had broken in and was for some reason taking a shower. Which, she, I mean, the benevolent butter drifter. One, totally would have done that. Yeah. Two, another friend of mine in the eighth grade, you remember Lauren? Mm-hmm. In the eighth grade, she told me this story about how her uncle's house had been burgled. And apparently at some point during the crime, the burglar got the nervous shits because he took a dump and didn't flush the toilet. <laughs> so the so they knew. <laughs> and she was like, I don't know why he wouldn't have flushed the toilet. And like budding true crime, Courtney was like... I bet it was because he thought people would hear the flush. And if they knew nobody was home, but they heard the flush, they'd freak out. So I wonder if he was just like, I'm going to take a dump because I got to poop one out because I have the nervous poops because I'm committing crimes. But I'm not going to flush the toilet and draw attention to myself. Wait, that's so funny. Right? (laughs) That is the relatable burglar content I'm looking for. (laughs) Nervous shit. So I'm going to take a nervous shower while I'm (laughs) Oh, well, I pooped. I may as well shower. All right. Was for some reason taking a shower. (laughs) Is that how you didn't wipe your butt after? <laughs> it's like a full body bidet. <laughs> I just took a nervous shit, so I have to shower. <laughs> you gotta wash the shame off yourself. Oh god. <laughs> Sixty-nine episodes. Alright. So I had no choice but to face my fear, and with my heart in my throat, I approached the bathroom 
only to find it completely empty. Yeah. The faucet on and about three inches of water in the no, tub. No, I was hoping that the faucet wasn't on and it was just ghost tub noises. I don't like that there were real water. I turned it off, ran back to my bed, and literally hid under my covers. Well, because they can't get you if you're under the covers. That's just science. Yeah. I called my husband immediately after, but because he was going into work and couldn't really do anything about it, he just stayed on the phone with me until I calmed down. Needless to say, I had an early morning that day. (laughs) I have no explanation for this whatsoever. It's just creepy. I'm just imagining Augie, like, showing up to her job and then being like, you are off today, and she's like, nope, here I, need, I am. I need to, I need to get out of this. <laughs> I can't be in my house today. <laughs> this instance is even more terrifying, seeing as something else happened in that same shower last September. With the giggling. But, yeah, if you go look for the Spoop Hour episode, don't look at the slow Loris. Which is important. <laughs> you can hear that story, too. Amazing. All right, we Augie, love we you, love Augie. you, but also, shit. <laughs> Time for a new bathroom, Augie. Time for a new bathroom. Like, there's... There's nothing else for it, friendo. Mm-mm. It's just time for a new bathroom. Who, so what, so what story did that, that story remind you of? That reminded me. So I tweeted about it and I posted it up to our Instagram story. But in case you didn't see it, basically I had a big work. We had a summit with like a bunch of people flying in. Oh, right. You were in a hotel this I week. I was in a hotel. This has been a long week. This has been, this week it's has snowed. been the 2018 of weeks. It snowed this week. It did. And now it's like 60 degrees. Yeah, it's what? actually really nice outside today. Nice. Just nice. nice. I didn't have to wear my coat. It was nice. 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 So, because I had this big work thing on Wednesday and Thursday, we were supposed to get a ton of snow. Like, they were calling for between, like, four and six inches, and we ended up getting, like, four, which is a decent amount of snow. We're not prepared for it here. So, they, my work had me stay in a hotel Tuesday night because the roads were going to be bad on Wednesday, and the government, like early shut down like they called mm-hmm. it early so they were like it's gonna be bad if you want we have a hotel room for you let's just put right. you in the hotel so i was in a hotel and i'm pretty sure my sink was haunted because i washed my hands and it wasn't like the sink was dripping it was coming from within the pipes but it was making like sink dripping noises mm-hmm. But not, it wasn't, like, actually dripping. It was just, so I took a video. It's that thump. Yeah, I hate it. Yeah. And it was doing that all fucking night. And, like, it would speed up and slow down. So for a second it was, like, I I don't know if you remember the Legend of Zelda boss, Bongo Bongo. Yeah. But it was like, and I'm like, oh, you gotta, you gotta fire at the eyeball, and then when yep. he's incapacitated, you gotta go swipey, 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 swipe with your sword. Yeah. I remember being very, very frustrated by that. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he was in my sink. Yeah. So, go. Stick a towel under there, just like a washcloth. Well, it, it wasn't dripping. Oh, it wasn't dripping. It was it coming from the, oh, pipe. the pipe. So there was nothing I could do. Like the the only time it didn't make mm. it was if I actually had the sink on, and I wasn't gonna leave the sink running all night because I'm not a monster. So, I'm not a burglar who shits in people's houses and doesn't flush. <laughs> hmm. So that, that was, sucks. That, yeah, it was, I did not sleep very well that night. Mm. And I love hotels, so that's, that's yeah. just a real indictment of that hotel. That really sucks. It was a bummer. But it was also spooky. I'm trying to think anything else spooky that happened to me this week. I don't think so. Okay. This week was a low spook. Yeah. I guess I was home for, like, on Wednesday, I was home by myself for a while because you were out of your conference, and then Connie had work, and I was like, all right, I guess I'm here by myself. (laughs) I sure hope there's no one living in our attic wearing our clothes. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, one of my friends is house hunting right now, and I asked if she was going to go for like a townhouse mm-hmm. or or what, and she's like, no, just single floor condo for me and my two cats. Yeah. She's like, I don't need it. She's like, I have enough space, mm-hmm. like you know, that I could have like a works you know, work office yeah. or whatever, and I can have, like, a bedroom and, like, a place to entertain, but no second entrance. Yep. No, you know, extra spaces that people can hide <laughs> in because she's a single lady living Smart. by herself. And I, I was mean, like, I understand this respect. completely. When, you know, our house is really nice for three people. Yeah. But sometimes it's kind of big oh, when yeah. you're if by I yourself. Oh, yeah, if I here by myself, I would not live here by mm-hmm. myself. It would be a real bummer. Yeah. <laughs> Especially with my crippling fear of our attic. Anyway, exactly. you want to talk about some nice ghosts? Let's talk about some nice ghosts. Okay. So, can I just quickly... Yeah, hit yeah. One, when I was looking for nice ghosts, I think I just typed in, like, nice ghosts on Google. I did, too. And, <laughs> got, and I got some hits. Yeah. And I tried to find, like, funny ghosts, and it came up with, like, funny ghosts to tell you ki- ghost jokes to tell your kids. I or, don't like, know. What about ghost stories, right? Yeah. And, like, just... Like, not what I was looking for. Yeah. And so I searched, like, prankster ghosts. Nice. And it gave me poltergeists. Oh, no! And I was like, I mean, I guess there are, must be some poltergeists that are benevolent. Where they're, like, non-malicious. They're right. just like, like, eh. like, Peeves. I guess, yeah. I guess. Like, which, it's a, sh- I mean, Peeves is annoying as shit. But well, also, he's not, like, the worst, right? He he's just, not, like, killing you or scratching yeah, you Yeah, he's just being you. annoying. He's just being a dick. But, uh, yeah, I was, like, trying to find poltergeists that aren't... Like total assholes, but it was kind of hard. Like a lot of them are just—they just like to mess with you. Yeah, they're—they like to target women. Sure, <laughs> sure. Who doesn't? Who though, doesn't? To be fair, hey, they can't. Like parapsychologists haven't agreed on quite what they are. <laughs> so they're just poltergeists. They're not quite ghosts. They might just be like spirits. Mm. And that emotional stress can cause activity. And so I'm just wondering, like. Are the students at Hogwarts emotionally stressed? <laughs> or I mean, given that like at least two people die every year at Hogwarts, right? I'm gonna say yes, yes they are. And you know, sometimes it's just like I wonder though, like could you have a poltergeist in like a comedy cellar? You know, like like does UCB or you know the Improv or whatever have a ghost? Because there's a lot of high hey. emotional energy where, like, people are laughing. Yeah. So, like, could you have, like, a really funny poltergeist who just haunts, like, a comedy place? I'm just imagining a poltergeist, like, trying and failing to do stand-up comedy and being like, <laughs> you're killing me up here. Just kidding. I'm already dead. And then, like, crickets. Crickets. <laughs> Wait, that... Oh, that was me breaking a cookie. It was a poltergeist. It was a poltergeist. Yeah, so which, what, what nice... So, yeah, that was my, so, like, initial, like, trying to find keywords... Nice that would like feed into this and all I got were a bunch of dumb ghost jokes and people being like poltergeists are pranksters and I'm like I don't think so I don't think you know what a prankster is (laughs) and then a poltergeist shows up and is like look bitch (laughs) we gotta talk Mm -hmm. so I have four stories of four ghosts who are nice Mm -hmm. I rank them from story I was least engaged with to basically the other three I was equally engaged with it's just this first one is it's a little rough Mm. We'll get into it. it. All right. So we're going to talk about the ghost nanny of Fall Hill. Mm. Fall Hill is a plantation in Fredericksburg, Virginia. So right off the bat, you can see where this might be problematic. Yeah. Yeah. It's so close to us. It's so close to us. That's also (laughs) mega problematic. But it is haunted Mm -hmm. by a kindly ghost nanny. But let's learn the connection between its ghostly resident and the plantation. So we have to go back in time and talk about Alexander Spotswood, 
of Spotswood County fame, who oh. was a governor of Virginia in the 1700s. So I was just thinking about how everything at our college was named after everything Virginian. Yeah. Including Spotswood. Yep. We had a Spotswood at we did. our college. We sure did. While Spotswood lived in Williamsburg, where I believe that's where he took up his gubernatorial residence, mm-hmm. but I didn't want to read about him a ton because of this next part of the sentence, mm-hmm. he was... Heavy air quotes, gifted a Native American woman named Katina. Mm-hmm. Katina was a Sioux princess who was captured in Williamsburg before being presented to Spotswood as a gift of slave labor. As Christ. I put in my notes, this was super chill and not problematic at all. JK, early Virginian history is really terrible, and you can't give people as gifts, you assholes. So this Virginian history just in general is terrible. Oh yeah, it's just a real butt all the way down. Just all the way. All the way down. Just butts all the way down. Yeah. <sighs> anyway. And we have a dorm named after this guy. <laughs> I know! Like, we named a bunch of, like, there's a Spotswood County in Virginia. Yeah. Like, there's a bunch of shit we named after this asshole who genuinely, like, owned people. Yeah. And it, they were, they talked about, like, well, it's because he had a fortress that kept the Native Americans out. And it's like, you had to keep them out because you were stealing their shit and killing them. I will say, JMU is renaming some buildings and naming new buildings after less problematic Yay! Things, <laughs> Good job, JMU. Anyway, I'm mad about Spotswood now, yeah. <laughs> and poor Katina deserved better. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Katina eventually became nanny to Spotswood's four children, but when Spotswood died in Annapolis, Maryland in June 1740, Katina was then sent to live and work for another prominent colonial family, this time the Thorntons, who resided on an 8,000-acre plantation called Fall Hill. Mm. Today, Fall Hill is on the U.S. National Register of Historic Places, so if mm-hmm. you find yourself near Fredericksburg, you could totally go. We still owe y'all staying in a haunted hotel. Mm-hmm. We could always do one by Fredericksburg, maybe swing by Fall Hill, and be like, Katina, free yourself from this right? nightmare. <laughs> Throw off the shackles of your colonial oppressors. We got you. We got you, girl. At Fall Hill, Katina was considered, quote, the essence of dedication and devotion to the young ones she loved, and they loved her. But the family didn't love her enough to, like, not make her work for them Mm -hmm. and i'm sure they didn't treat her great and even if they did treat her great she's still at best an indentured servant right that like no just no it's Mm. never good to be an indentured servant it's never good to keep people as indentured servants and it's shitty just as just on the whole super shitty but they were like oh but we love katina but not enough to like inconvenience ourselves by letting her live her life without us Mm -hmm. Katina taught the children to connect with their environment and respect nature. She died in 1777 and, classily, was buried under an unmarked granite stone in Fall Hill's garden. Mm. Since her death, Katina still pops up from time to time to tend to Fall Hill, especially any young children who find themselves there. Yeah. Once in the 1920s, a young boy woke up in the middle of the night to find Katina's ghost watching over him before she disappeared. Hmm. Another time, Katina was spotted playing with a child in the nursery of Fall Hill. Mm-hmm. Those who see her report feeling comforted by her presence, and it's clear that she just genuinely cares for the place. Mm-hmm. So, like, nobody sees her and is like, a oh, ghost! They're like, oh, I feel better now for seeing her. So that's nice. Mm, that's good. So we can we can go get her. Yeah, so we'll She's a her. nice ghost. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Yeah. That's, All right. So- that, that's my most bummer of a story. That's yeah. just because it's just, like glorify well she was a really nice slave well okay let's go for another one who's like like a historic one yeah okay so we talk a lot about gettysburg being like super mega haunted because civil war a lot of people died there so (laughs) we just got the casualty list back from gettysburg i have an idea about a gazebo gazebo. 
Go watch John Mulaney's yeah. stand-up if you haven't John already. John Mulaney's stand-up is great. But one of, the, one of the ghosts that I found on this list by Ranker was actually not a soldier. Oh. But a midwife during the time of the Civil War named Jenny, who baked bread for the soldiers every morning. Oh my god, she was me! Right? And so she, one morning during the Civil War... Classic. ...got up to bake that bread, sure. get that bread, make get that, that bread. Get that bread, girl, right? make that bread. Um... <laughs> Unfortunately, she was struck by a stray bullet and died. I feel like I've heard this story. Because at one point in my melodramatic youth, I was like, I bet I was her in a past life. Oh, Christ. (laughs) In my melodramatic youth. In your melodramatic youth. Um, But they say that she was buried still with dough on her hands. Hey! Same. Um, But apparently, her ghost still continues to appear. People say they smell bread baking as her spirit passes, and that they can hear her kneading and, like, working the dough and, like, baking the bread. That's nice. When she appears, it's often to people who are sad or grieving, much like a trained medic would, and she smiles at them or tries to comfort them in their hour of need. She's just here to bake and ease your nerves, not send you, like, running away. She just wants to make sure you're okay, so she's still taking care of you in the afterlife. Isn't that great? If ghosts turn out to be real, I want to be a ghost like her. (laughs) That's so nice. Yep. I like that she smells like baked bread. It's nice. Mm-hmm. It's a nice ghost. Yeah. And I have, um, here's another one of people protect- just being protected or comforted. Yeah. By yeah. So there's a house called P- the Pink Palace in Louisville, and there's a ghost named Avery who oh. protects those who lives there. He's been described as a southern gentleman, well-kept and properly attired, and keeps appears to those who are in danger. So when a developer turned the mansion into apartments in the 1970s, reports started coming in of the spirit appearing right before disaster struck. One woman was frightened out of her bathroom just before a stone was thrown through the window that might have killed her. (gasps) Spooky. And residents in their kitchens have been warned of impending fires right before they broke out. And, like, whenever there's any kind of accident, like, maybe a a lamp might fall over or, you know, a ceiling tile might, like, fall down. Yeah. The ghost, like... He's is like, able to, like, scare them out. out of the way. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, so he manifests to just, like, protect the people in the house. That's Isn't so that nice. Cute? Yeah, nice. What a nice ghost. What a nice ghost. That reminds mm-hmm. me of, if you've ever read Good Omens by Terry Pratchett and mm-hmm. Neil Gaiman, which is, in at some point this year, it's going to be released on Amazon Prime as a miniseries, which I'm pretty excited about. I'm trying not to get my yeah. hopes too high, even though I've literally been waiting for this film adaptation for, mm, I don't know, six 17 years? Anyway, the subtitle of Good Omens mm-hmm. is The Nice and Accurate Prophecies of Agnes Nutter, which... Yeah. So they talk about how Agnes Nutter, it, she has these very, very, very specific prophecies that have all come true so far. And, like, they're really detailed. And they almost... She's always better at predicting things that are going to happen to her descendants mm-hmm. rather than just, like, anyone. So, like, on the day of the Kennedy assassination, she had a prophecy about a house falling down somewhere in the UK. Right. Because she's like, it's more likely that my descendant would be hit by a falling brick from this house right. than be hit by stray gunfire from America. Right. <laughs> so... Her last name was Nutter? Nutter, yes. Don't you have a ghost whose last name is Nutter? I have a ghost whose last name is Nut. Nut? There we go. Hey. Well, technically, it's the Nut family who gets yeah. haunted by a ghost. Let's talk about the Nuts. No, let's talk about the Nuts. Because they're nice both for being having a nice ghost affiliated with them and also their last name is Nut. Ah, oh, Nuts. Ah, oh, Nuts. A nice ghost. <laughs> so, first reported in July 1764, the story of the Nut family is the perfect tale of the benevolence of ghosts leading to something good. 
So let's start with the marriage of Thomas Cornelius Nutt. <laughs> tell me something good. Okay. <laughs> That's tell me, tell me, tell me about the Nutt family. Okay, I will. My outburst for the day. I love it. So Thomas Cornelius Nutt. <laughs> he went by Cornelius. Cornelius. <laughs> Cornelius Nutt. <laughs> We're children. He married Anne Smith in 1741 on Christmas Eve in Cambridge. Nice. They they had a few babies in Oakham, England. Nice. Before moving to the village of Uppingham. They upped their ham game. Moving on up, moving on up to Uppingham. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Once in Uppingham, their oldest daughter, 18-year-old Anne, started seeing something weird. Nice. A ghostly figure started following her around, telling her that something of value was hidden in the house. After getting the same message numerous times, Anne finally passed it along to her father, Cornelius Nutt. (laughs) I'm just going to call him by his full name this whole time. Cornelius Nutt ordered a search of the cottage, including overturning several flagstones in the floor, but nothing turned up. So he was like, all right, I guess this was just a dud. Thanks for nothing, 18-year-old daughter, but, like, you do you. You have to dig up the entire basement. Did we not learn anything from that guy, the dad who was murdered, and his son dug up the basement? <laughs> to be fair, this was in, like, the 1700s. Dig this up was, the like, basement. 1760s. I don't know that they had a basement. Okay. In other descriptions, this house is described as, like, a cottage, so fair. I don't know how basement-y cottages are. Although, where else would you store your potatoes? But potatoes. In your potatoes in your basement. In your basement. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> My brain is melting. (laughs) (laughs) I had too much sugar today. Good, have another cookie. (laughs) But the ghost kept coming back and kept insisting that Anne find whatever it was that was of value. And the ghost keeps coming and they don't stop coming. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. Okay, I'll stop. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, so many musical outbursts today. Sorry, everybody. Anyway. So the ghost finally is like, do I have to spell this shit out for you? Oh my God. And like pointed at a flagstone and it was like, right fucking there. Dig that up. That's where this valuable thing is. You dumb bitch. I've been so clear and you can't find my shit. And so Anne was like, okay, I guess. But she, Anne realized like, I can't go to my dad with this. I've already told him there's something hidden somewhere. We didn't find it. He's going to be like, no, I'm not going to dig up our house again. Do something else. So Anne just wandered around the cottage until she came across a workman. Uh And she was like, hey, can I borrow you for a hot second to dig under this flagstone in my house? And the workman, because it was the 1700s and they didn't have YouTube, was like, yeah, okay. Yeah. I'm not doing anything. I'm not doing anything. So he came over, he dug, and sure enough, after digging for just a little bit... They found potatoes. They found some potatoes. Or rather, they found a sealed black pot. Interesting. Potatoes. Pot. Potatoes. Once open, the pot revealed nearly 200 antique silver coins. Yeah, buddy. Anne brought the coins to her dad, and Cornelius Nutt, her father, (laughs) took a close look at them. Someone in the village was like, you know, I'll buy those off of you for a guinea each. They're probably not worth very much. But Cornelius Nutt was like, no, I'm going to have them actually appraised. Yeah. I'm going to go to London and sell the coins there. As it turns out, the coins were... A hoard of post-Roman coins made of English silver, and many of them were extremely valuable. In the newspaper write-up of the incident, the conclusion included words of advice for Anne and her nice ghost friend. Mm -hmm. Quote, We would advise this girl, as well as the ghost, to keep their conversation to themselves, lest they should both be brought into Westminster Hall. (laughs) 
And I put in my notes. So I guess English Parliament in the 1760s, aka right before the outbreak of the American Revolutionary War, had nothing better to do than to talk to young ladies and ghosts about the locales of treasure. Wait, that's funny. Which is probably why America was like, we're gonna have a revolution because you guys are just talking about like ghosts and threatening 18 year old girls. Oh God. <laughs> so we're just gonna bounce. Just kidding. We didn't want to pay taxes. We didn't want to pay taxes. <laughs> Yeah, I have a historical ghost. Historical! From, yeah, so another historical ghost. So you said Revolutionary War. We're going to fast forward a little bit further. One of America's most famous presidents is also <gasps> one of our, nope, <laughs> most famous ghosts. So Abraham Lincoln uh, famously gunned down um, after wait, the what Civil happened War. What Spoilers. Happened? Spoilers. Actually, I just went on a field trip to Ford's Theater again, like two weeks <laughs> like ago. every year. Every year I go on a field trip to Ford's Theater. <laughs> yeah, something like that. I always go to Ford's Theater. I will say, when I went to see The Dollop, they were performing at Lincoln Theater. Oh, yeah. And I guess either, I'm sure they got their wires crossed because yeah. they were like, oh, Lincoln Theater, I bet this is the theater where Lincoln got assassinated. Yeah. So they kept making jokes about it. And I wanted to, like, raise my hand and be like, that actually, you had the wrong theater. You want Ford's Theater. It's still in D.C., but it's a different one. But I didn't want to be rude. <laughs> Isn't the dollop like a history? It thing? is. But I'm assuming they just got their wires crossed because, you know, it was kind of late and they were telling a story about the most bonkers American election. That's embarrassing. <laughs> Did you just <laughs> fart? No, that was the couch. Oh my god. No. I would I would own up to it if I did, but that was I was <laughs> like that is some serious like conflicting messages when you say that's embarrassing and just like full on fart. No. I leaned forward and the couch creaked. Oh, I, I feel it. When I lean forward, uh-huh. there's like a I'm a sure. spring no, put your hand. Put your hand. I'm not your putting butt. my hand under your butt. <laughs> the couch very clearly <laughs> okay. Anyway, so Abraham Lincoln was famously gunned down in DC by John Wilkes Booth. Taft. <laughs> Taft traveled back in time <laughs> and was like, "Die, Lincoln, die, so that I can eventually be president." Even though it's a very long line between people before exactly. you get to me. Yeah, I was still but, thinking about yeah. Taft. Taft's name sounds like Taffy. <laughs> I've had a lot of sugar today. Taffy Duck. Taffy Duck. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> uh, uh, so he, he's said to haunt Ford's Theater, which was where he shot, but apparently he also haunts the White House and, like, other places across America, including, like, Springfield, Illinois. And we did in our we, DC we talked episode about, talked about him yeah, in the White House. In the White House. And so Mary Todd Lincoln has was reported to, you know, still see and feel his presence. Oh, and, I bet she did. Oh. But she's, she's 69, 69, that ghost. ghost. <laughs> <laughs> Every time we make the same joke at the same time, we have to high five. Exactly. <laughs> Um, I don't make the rules. <laughs> apparently, there was a photographer, a photograph of him watching over her. Oh, yeah, that's um, nice. And then Winston Churchill, Teddy Roosevelt, Eleanor Roosevelt, and, and Taft, to <laughs> maybe Taft, <laughs> and many other White House staff have seen his ghost or felt him watching over the you know decades and at this point like century. Um, I hope he's just like karate chopping a certain White House resident. In the oh my god, right I know. Like whenever, like, he, he feels a ch- whenever he feels a chill. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just constant. And it's just Lincoln being like, fuck you, asshole. <laughs> Apparently there was one tale where 
British Prime Minister Winston Churchill took a long hot bath while relaxing with the scotch and cigar, as you do. You know. And he got out of the bath and walked to an adjoining bathroom. Naked, he caught a glimpse of Lincoln's ghost standing by the fireplace. I'm sorry. Was he in the White House while I he think was he just was, walking I think he must have naked? been like a, like a guest in the White House. That, okay. Yeah. I'm assuming the bathroom was attached to I, his I'm guest assuming, quarters. I'm assuming the bath was attached to the guest quarters. Also, Winston Churchill took a long hot bath. Augie, have you considered that it was Winston Churchill? <laughs> Look into it and get back to us. And apparently Churchill reportedly said, Good evening, Mr. President. You seem to have me at a disadvantage. And Lincoln smiled <laughs> softly as if laughing and then disappeared. Lincoln was like, oh, I see your dick. <laughs> uh, dicks. Dicks. Hilarious. All right. What's a new story? Tell me another one. Okay. I don't... This one is actually of my stories. This one is the most recent. Okay. And we're going to talk about a ghostly weatherman in South Carolina. An altruistic ghost haunts Polly's Island, South Carolina, with one goal in the afterlife. To save the lives of those who live on and near the island. Good. But how? Hmm. The legend begins, as many do, with several variations on a theme. Mm -hmm. The first tells of a young man traveling from Charleston, South Carolina, to visit his fiance. Mm-hmm. But when he reached the marshes near Polly's Island, he and his horse were caught in pluff mud, mm-hmm. <laughs> which typing out made me laugh really hard because it's pluff mud, P-L-U-F-F, which is apparently South Carolina's version of quicksand, and it has a smell because I found this very thoughtful blog about like reflecting on how Charleston smells like home because it smells like pluff mud. Yikes. And, like, nowhere else has this smell because nowhere else has pluff mud. So if you have personal experience with pluff mud. <laughs> now I'm, like, really curious and I want to go on a ghost tour of Charleston, but also I want to go figure out what pluff mud is. I mean, I tried to find, like, pictures, but I couldn't find pictures. I just found descriptions of the smell that were mm. nostalgic. So Cornelius Nut Pluff Mud. <laughs> that was his full name. His full name was Cornelius Nut Pluff Mud. <laughs> <sighs> Anyway, Pluff Mud, South Carolina's version of quicksand. The young man and his horse got caught in Pluff Mud, and he was, as I put in my notes, sucked to his death. 69 lols. No! What do you mean, sucked? <laughs> he, he got sucked in, because it's quicksand. Oh, because quicksand. He oh, got God. <laughs> no, the Pluff Mud was like, give me that dick, and just went for it. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, it wasn't... It didn't register. <laughs> Quicksand was presented to me as more of a danger in my youth, much then like Delaney mud. <laughs> has said, that I, like, forgot what quicksand does. <laughs> yes. Yes. So the pluff mud, kind of like I would imagine bogs do, too. Yeah. It, I, I get the sense that, like, you step in them and it just goes, <laughs> like, the nostalgic <laughs> version talking about how good it smells was also talking about how Dyson would be jealous of the suction power of the pluff mud. <laughs> it sucks so good. It, the pluff mud sucks so good. <laughs> 69. <laughs> Roll myself off the couch. <laughs> Sasha's going to lay on the floor. Don't worry about it. <laughs> this young man may have also been a jilted lover whose fiance left him for his best friend, causing him to take his own life in the pluff mud in his misery. Or he could have been an unknown sailor whose body washed ashore after a storm. Or he could have been the founder of Polly's Island, George Polly, who just died mm. there and hangs out. The most detailed version of the origin story says that the young man was traveling home after two years abroad, but his journey coincided with the storm of September 27th, 1822. Hmm. In his haste to return home and avoid the storm, he took a shortcut, 
only to plunge to his death once again in the pluff mud. Damn it! (laughs) His fiancée, stricken with grief at the news of his death, took to wandering the shore every day for several hours at a time. During one of these walks, she was approached by a gray shadowy figure, and as he got close, she saw that it was her lost betrothed. Overcome with sorrow, she told her family what she had seen. Her father decided it would be best if they returned to their main residence further inland so Mm -hmm. that his daughter could get some distance from her grief and just be more grounded at home. Yeah. The day after they left Polly's Island, a hurricane struck, destroying homes and killing several residents. Were it not for the well-timed warning of what would come to be known as the Gray Man, the fiancé and her family may have been among the deceased. Gray Man. Oh, fighter of the hurricane. Oh, champion of the sun. (laughs) That one still works. (laughs) So how does the Gray Man save lives? When a massive storm is due to hit the coast of South Carolina, the cloaked Gray Man appears near the coastline to warn residents that a devastating storm is going towards Polly's Island. Mm. He is both a forecaster of hurricanes and, in some tellings, he is a protective entity that singles out homes that he then guards mm, against mm-hmm. storms. So he kind of just, like, puts a little little bubble on him and is like, not today, not Satan. Today. The earliest official account of his appearance is in an 1893 story on display at the Georgetown Museum. Mm-hmm. In it, a family said that they saw the gray man and that his appearance saved them from a hurricane. In 1954, a woman claimed she saw the gray man before Hurricane Hazel hit, and that his presence not only saved her house, but protected it to the point where she had left some beach towels on her balcony, and after the storm, they were still hanging there. Oh. So she was like, the gray man did this. That's so cute. Right? He was like, I got your towels, boo. Don't worry. You forgot to take them in. Don't you worry about it. I got you. Protective bubble. Protective bubble. Most recently, the gray man was captured in a photo on a pier by Polly's Island, in September 2018, right before Hurricane Florence hit. Interesting. You ready to see this picture? Yes. Too bad. It's going to take a second to load. Wow. There it is. So you see that guy? Oh. Yeah. Huh. And the tweet. So this is from Chip Coffee. This is allegedly a photo of the Gray Man ghost who legend says shows up prior to a devastating hurricane. Reports say he has recently made an appearance on the beach in Polly's Island, South Carolina. Hashtag Hurricane Florence. And as we all know, Hurricane Florence was a massive hurricane. For the most part, the gray man appears as his color plus name suggests. Mostly I like this story because mm-hmm. I was like, a man in a color. What a nice change of pace. Yes. So mostly the gray man shows up wearing a long gray coat or cloak. He'll wear other gray clothing sometimes, or even sometimes dress as a gray pirate. Okay. Every so often, he has no legs, though, and I couldn't find an account as to why maybe the pluff mud just sucked his legs off. I don't know. But he is a very nice ghost who helps warn people of storms and protect them from destruction. good. So, hashtag Team Gray Man. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I've got two who are rooted in a little bit of love and also who, you know, protect other people. Yay! So, we've talked about the blue lady before um, in our Valentine's Day episode 2018. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I just wanted to remind you guys of the blue lady. Basically, a beautiful young woman who always wore blue. Hmm. Huh. A woman wearing a color. What a Um, shock. (laughs) Fell in love with a handsome but dangerous ladies man who was a piano player at the Moss Beach Distillery in Northern California, Beach Town. One version of the story is that she was married, already married to another, but visited her lover at the restaurant whenever she could get away. Mm. Other stories were, like, she loved the guy, but there was someone else who was, like, jealous of her, right? So there's a couple different stories. But... Basically, she ends up dying on the beach below the Northern California restaurant at some time in the early 1900s, 
or she leapt from the cliffs to her death, or she was pushed off the cliff, or just basically cliff dead, right? Gotcha. Yeah. But she's always known for wearing a long blue dress and always appearing somewhat melancholy. And you'd think that she'd be like a sad ghost mm-hmm. because of this backstory, but she's actually a bit of a protector. She'll play little pranks on people Aww. in the restaurant, and sometimes she'll just be like sitting around just waiting for her piano playing boyfriend to come back. But for the most part, she'll protect children, and mostly is only seen by children, where she'll keep them kind of away from the cliffs, because even though the restaurant is on a cliff and has a great view, she wants to make sure that no one falls off, so she's she's a protector. Another love story is, well, maybe flirty story, is from a ghost named Olive Thomas. She was once a chorus girl um, in New York, and she was strikingly beautiful and caught the eye of many gentlemen who saw her perform. Yes, queen! She was was also a party girl. She won beauty contests, became a model, and had quite a successful career in in life until she died in Paris in 1920. Nice. So basically, her afterlife party is flirting with men. I love it! Yeah. Gentlemen who visit the new Amsterdam theater might spy a beautiful woman dressed in period show costume and may even converse with her if the girl really takes a shine to them. Ooh. This is a ghost who has no interest in frightening you away, although she may try to steal the show when it comes to particular male audience members. Oh, so, I want to party with her. Right, I want to party with her too. Can we go to this theater and just bring like a bottle of champagne and be like, let's do this? Yeah. <laughs> That's adorable. Yeah. All right, so I have one more okay. ghost story. That, and this is the story of James Chaffin and the Benevolent Treasure Hunt. North Carolina farmer James Chaffin died in September 1921 after sustaining injuries in a bad fall. Mm -hmm. He left behind his wife and four sons. When James's will was read, it turned out that he had left all of his property to his third son, Marshall, kind of leaving his wife and other three kids out in the cold. Curious. Which is a choice. The will had been witnessed, signed, and dated in November 1905. Marshall died of heart problems a year later, and his inheritance went to his wife, Susie. At no point did either Marshall or Susie offer to support the remaining Chaffins. Mm. So they kind of left them in the lurch. They were sort of Mm -hmm. in comparative poverty. And based on the accounts I read, nobody was like on the street, but they did have harder lives. And getting the portion of their father's land and some of his holdings would have just helped them lead a more comfortable Mm -hmm. life. Anyway... None of the siblings ever contested the will, assuming that it was true to their father's wishes. They were like, Mm -hmm. you know what? He was particularly close with Marshall. Fine, whatever. Right. Until June 1925, when James's second son, James Pinkney Chaffin, colloquially known as Pink, Mm -hmm. began having dreams and visions of his father. The elder James would appear standing next to Pink's bed with a sorrowful expression on his face. On one such occasion, James was wearing a black overcoat that he owned in his life. Mm-hmm. James then told his son, you will find my will in my overcoat pocket before he disappeared. Pink told his wife about the dream before traveling the 20 miles to his brother John's home, mm-hmm. which is where his father's overcoat was stored. Right. When he pulled it out of the attic, Pink noticed that there was an inside pocket that had the lining sewn shut. Mm-hmm. So Pink ripped open the pocket and found a rolled up piece of paper tied with string. The paper bore a message. Read the 27th chapter of Genesis in my daddy's old Bible. Pink then decided to call in a witness, his neighbor, Thomas Blackwelder. Mm -hmm. The two went to Pink's mother's house to look for the family Bible and finally found it in an old drawer. The Bible was in complete disrepair. It was falling apart. It was basically in three pieces, barely held together by the binding Mm -hmm. because this is an old ass Bible. 
Blackwelder turned to the correct passage and found that two pages had been folded together like a little Bible pocket. You know, okay. little, little pocket yeah, of Bible. Pocket Bible. Inside that little Bible pocket, Blackwelder found the last will and testament of James Chaffin from January 16th, 1919, mm-hmm. 14 years after the will that had left everything to Marshall. This document specified that the late Chaffin's estate was to be split evenly amongst his children. The discovery of the new will was enough to open up a case in probate court mm-hmm. where Pink testified that it was his father's ghost who directed him to the new will. Eventually, a judge ruled that the more recent will superseded the first. And finally, James Chaffin's ghost was at peace with his property properly distributed. Hmm. Some speculate that the second will was a fake. And mm-hmm. because four years passed between when James Chaffin died and mm-hmm. when Pink was directed to find the will. Right. So there's speculation that those four years went past for the three brothers to, one, concoct this ghost story, and two, get really good at faking their father's handwriting uh, and signature. Uh-huh. And, like, there was a handwriting analyst who said that probably if the first will is real, the second one is probably fake. Mm. Because over time, our signatures and our handwriting deteriorates. And she said that the second signature on the more recent will was more precise, Mm. which isn't usually the case. That's not how hands work. That's not how signatures work. So it was showing that, like, somebody put in a lot of care to do this signature. Ah. So it's possible that his sons, like, cooked up the whole thing. And then Susie, the wife, was like... You know what? I I'm don't tired. This of, yeah, I don't want to like, fucking deal with this. Fine, yeah. whatever. Take whatever you my want. My husband's dead. My husband's dead. <laughs> like, I just, just okay. You fucking, want his money? Go. Just fucking choke on it, you assholes. Yeah. And like, they figure that the reason why they went with the ghost story is because mm-hmm. one, you can't prove it didn't happen, mm-hmm. and two, uh, how else are you going to explain? Oh yeah, he tucked his his new will in a weird Bible pocket and hid the location of it in a sewn up pocket in his overcoat. But we're just going to go ahead and forget all of that skepticism because this is a nice ghost. So we're going to say that Pink insisted that the discovery of the will was due to his father's ghost's nice actions, Mm -hmm. saying, quote, I was fully convinced that my father's spirit had visited me for the purpose of explaining some mistake. After revealing the clue about the jacket, Chaffin's ghost never appeared again. Hmm. That reminded me kind of of your family's ghost yeah, story. Yeah, my great-grandma's the cousin. Cousin who, where yeah, if found it, the silver in the yard. Found, uh, what was it? A bunch of money. Money. Big pile of money. Yeah. If you haven't heard that episode or if you've forgotten, I'll jog your memory. My great-grandmother, I believe it was her cousin, her husband unexpectedly died. Mm-hmm. And... He appeared to her one night and he grabbed her by the arm and dragged her to a point in the yard and was like, you got to dig there. And she dug there and there was a big pile of money. And also the part of her arm where the ghost of her husband had grabbed withered and was never the same. (laughs) Yay! Yay. (laughs) I guess I have two more stories. And one was kind of similar to, to your last one with like the ghost trying to solve something. I love um, that. There so, are multiple cases of ghosts solving their own yeah. murder. So this one is a ghost solving her own murder. Yes. <laughs> um, so in 1897, a young woman named Elva Zona... He, named Elva Zona Haster Shoe. Elva Zona Heaster Shoe was found dead in her home. That sounds like when you're playing like Mad Gabs and right? you're trying to say it really fast and then it sounds like... A student abroad. Right. Um, Her husband grieving, her mother mourning, and everyone else, like, very sad about her unfortunate passing, which they appeared to be or was said to have been complications from, like, a pregnancy that went wrong. Mm -hmm. And the story could have ended there, 
but Elva wasn't going to let it to re- let it rest. And so some reports of this say that her husband was being very erratic and kept touching the body, mm-hmm. like when she was being like at her funeral and being put to rest, and like was putting a scarf around her neck and like propping up this her was head her favorite and everything. Scarf. Yeah, like basically, this is her favorite scarf. She this was her favorite baby. way for her head to lay. Yeah, like I want you know I want her to you know be able to look up a little bit more and all this whatever. <laughs> okay. But over the next few weeks, Elva's mother began to see her deceased daughter in, in her dreams. Her daughter told her that death had not been natural and that her husband, Edward's shoe, was really to blame. The ghost said uh, that Edward had broken her neck, that he had been abusive before, and that they much ca- must catch him for murder. And then somehow believing the story, authorities actually went and exhumed the body to find that the neck had been broken and the windpipe had been collapsed. Oop. So... After more investigation, they discovered that Edward, you know, was guilty of murder and sentenced to life in prison. And well, you know that very common pregnancy complication where your, your windpipe collapses classes. and your neck breaks? Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's a really detailed telling of this story um, on mental floss. Nice. And basically, they started looking into Edward's past. And he, they had learned that he had been married twice before. The first ended in divorce. Oop. And shoot. With... Ended in divorce while he was in prison for stealing a horse. (laughs) And then the wife later told police that he had been very violent and beat her frequently while they were married. And then the second marriage ended after eight months with the mysterious death of the wife. And um, in in between those marriages, uh, he had boasted in prison that he had planned to marry seven women in his lifetime. And so, like, he was already, like, a really sketchy person. Classy dude. Yeah. And so that was, yeah, already I will say, a messed up story. To unpoop on the dollop that we did earlier because they were wrong about Lincoln Theater, mm-hmm. they have an episode about it. I believe it's called The Green River Ghost. Mm-hmm. And, like, it is a, it's a very interesting story. And that mom was, like, diligent. The reason why they opened up the court case again was because the mom was basically down there, like, every fucking day being yeah. like, my daughter was fucking murdered. She came and she told me. Yeah. So y'all got to do some shit about it. Yep. Yeah. And then my last story, I think we've talked about a story very similar to this one previously, and I don't think it's the same story because this one takes place in the UK. Nice. But I, this one sounds very much like a lot of benevolent ghosts you'd find like while stranded on the roadside oh. or while like hiking or camping or like when you need shelter. Yeah. So the man- Like that urban legend you read yeah. about like, there hasn't the been man- an inn there in 33 years. Exactly. That old couple that took care of you yeah. when your car was stranded, they died, you know, 30 years ago or yeah. whatever. Yeah. So the manor house in Cold Ashton has stood empty. This is in the UK. Has stood empty for decades, but it wasn't always this way. The house, once grand, was full of wealthy tenants and competent staff. It looked like it's like a manor. Ooh, it's it's an actual manor house, right? Dibs on living there. Exactly. In <laughs> fact, some believe that there are still a few spirits who still call the manor home, especially of these, you know, tenants and also nice. like the staff and all of that. So there's stories of motorists who, while lost in the area, have stopped near the, you know, it's, it's a pretty nice looking house, yeah, right? Yeah, I'd stop there and ask for directions. Um, and they'll, they'll stop there to ask for directions, they'll knock on the front door, and a butler answers and will assist them with figuring out which way to go. But the odd thing here is not only that no one lives in the house, especially not any kind of butler who's just, like, <laughs> squatting, um, but also that the house will appear fixed up and in use when it's first approached. Oh. Only later, if you return, you'll find it a little bit dilapidated oh. and so all of that. So it is like that story you yeah, told. Yeah, exactly. So, oh. yeah, I was th- reading that. I was like, this sounds so familiar that, you know, this, this trope, I guess, is used yeah. frequently. But I always just like the idea of 
benevolent ghosts in houses. Being like, come on in, we'll take care of you. We'll exactly. send you on your way. Yeah, that's nice. Mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah. I think that's been an hour of spook. It is. I'm still not over, like, it's the same shit with that dude from the staircase, don't sue me for slander, <laughs> but that motherfucker killed his first girlfriend and then oh, yeah. killed his wife in the same way. Yeah. Where, like, the first girlfriend, he got away with it because she fell down the stairs yeah. and died. Mm-hmm. And then his wife also fell down the stairs and died. And it's like, oh my it's god. Like every time that your wife drowns in the bathtub. It becomes less believable that your wife is drowning in the bathtub. Every like, single time. I don't know if that many people will accidentally drown in the bathtub that many times. What are the odds that one person has this many wives die in this way? And also... Hey, asshole, if you're potentially being brought up on charges of killing your wife, don't brag that you want to have seven wives in your lifetime. Right. Like, I'm going to get me seven wives. But keep that to yourself, no. Bluebeard. <laughs> Nobody gives a shit. <laughs> you asshole. Yeah, so stay away from those folks. Yeah. I'll only go after nice ghosts. If you, ever, if you ever talk to a man who's like, my golden life is seven wives, you go, oh, look at the time. I got to bounce. Yeah. My house is on fire. I have to go. Every ghost that I want to see is like my mom's grandpa. Yeah. Who's like chilling on the rock while yeah. the family's having a picnic. I would enjoy seeing all of these ghosts. Yeah. Like, I would especially love Cold Ashton. Yes. Because I, I love that. Yeah. I would also really like to see the ghost... <laughs> with the nut family who's like oh my god you're fucking killing me and i'm already dead it ghost, it's right there the ghost that helped maxwell out that was a benevolent ghost yeah that right? was a benevolent yeah. ghost yeah that, also in the uk yeah that he just ran into and was like here let's walk down the mountain together yeah or not the mountain the hill Hills. or whatever yeah, yeah. and it was it, that ghost was so nice to it maxwell. was fine yeah Kept so him safe yeah <laughs> if if i'm going to have a ghost interaction that will make me believe in ghosts i would i would enjoy it being a nice ghost yeah Nice in the sense of like being kind. I I don't want to 69 a ghost. Yikes. Pass. (laughs) I was just thinking, well, maybe if it was, and then I was like, no, I'm not going down this road. I was thinking about the, not the Johnny Depp ghost. Who was it? The ghost, the pirate ghost. Oh, yeah, the lady who married the 300 year old pirate ghost. The the sex wasn't good. Yeah, and (laughs) she just got divorced because the sex wasn't good. (laughs) My first instinct was the Johnny Depp ghost. You know, pirates. Same. That makes sense. That holds water. (laughs) Uh, All right. Well, thank you for listening to our 69th episode. I'm so excited that we have hit 69 official episodes. 31 to go to 100. Yeah, we're getting there. Sometime this year. Chugga, 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 chugging along, depending on how many mini-sodes and weeks off we do. Yeah. But yeah. All right. Well, if you have had an experience with a nice ghost cough cough kate from ignorance was bliss cough cough <gasps> Ooh. yeah she was like oh i had a nice ghost encounter and i'm like can you email can you email us kate kate <laughs> kate so i'll possibly nudge her and remind yeah. her but um, if you've had a nice ghost experience like maybe you wake up and a ghost has tucked you in or something bad was gonna happen and the ghost was like get out of the way and then the piano fell and it didn't hit you because of the ghost right Tell us that. And then... Spoophour at gmail.com or Twitter and Instagram DM us. We are at Spoophour in both places. And another call for requests. If your parents ever scared you so you wouldn't do something... Yeah, like... And they used, like, paranormal or death consequences... (laughs) Like, don't touch that fire because then the fire demon is going to crawl in through your finger and settle in your belly and you will burn from the inside out. If your parents ever told you that... (laughs) 
email spoopout at gmail.com yeah. or yeah. any variation on that. If you've you, got like weird stories, because I know that we got some submissions from your mom. We right? got yes, we did. And as it turns out, my grandmother was maybe not the greatest parent. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm gonna talk to my parents too and see if there yeah. is anything. We can put out the call on our personal yeah. Facebooks and Twitters. So as well. I'm, I'm excited to hear what kind of nonsense our parents did to us as children. <laughs> our goal is to amalgamate enough stories that we can do a whole episode, mm-hmm. like our childhood fears episode, but sort of. In the other direction, rather than just being irrational fears. It's just like, how did your parents terrify you so that you didn't eat glass? (laughs) (laughs) Like, tell us that. I want to know. So email us. Hit us up on Twitter or Instagram at Spoop Hour. Just be our friend. We love you. Thank you for listening. You're the nicest of all nice ghosts. Nice. Pluff mud. Hey, it's Erin. And this is Jordan. Each week, we dig up the facts on fascinating felonies. And mesmerizing misdemeanors. Join us as we prove that you don't have to know too much about the legal system to be crazy for a good true crime story. Subscribe to Crime Crazy on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. And visit us at crimecrazypodcast.com. He doesn't even go here. I don't know if anything spooky happened to me this week, but... Did something nice happen to you? Yeah, I guess, well, I guess one minorly spooky thing. Also, I'm pretty sure that is your bone cracking. Oh, Christ. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to the end of the episode. Those cracks were such as bones. (laughs) My toes, to be exact. You're so old bones. I am so old bones. Um...